Hello, friends, and welcome to the PrepWell podcast. I'm your host, Phil Black. And if you have an 8th, ninth, or 10th grader with big aspirations, like the Ivy League or military service academies like West Point, ROTC, or athletic scholarships, boom, you've come to the right place. My specialty, my superpower, if you will, is preparing families for these competitive programs. I'll teach you what your child should do, when they should do it, and how you can help. So stick around and prepare to out-prepare. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the PrepWell podcast. In today's episode, I go over a list of topics that I covered with my twin sons in the few weeks before they headed off to college. And this time we spent together was bittersweet as I was attempting to consolidate and then pass along any wisdom that I thought might be helpful to them as they make their way in the world. And this was a dicey proposition because if your teenagers are anything like mine, they aren't always that receptive to advice from their parents, especially on their way out the door. Not only are they probably sick of my advice, but they have a biological predisposition to ignore what their parents say because they have to convince themselves that they can make their own decisions without our advice and without our constant prompting. It's a survival instinct. Nevertheless, I tried because as a parent, it is my biological predisposition to attempt to set them up for success in any way I can. And this was likely the last time that they would both be such a captive audience. So if you have children heading off to college and you have the urge to pass along any words of wisdom of your own, this may serve as a good checklist for you to consider before they take off. And if your child is still a year or more away from graduating, it may serve as a nice preview of what's to come. And I'm not sure that everything I cover in this particular episode will be relevant for your child, but I thought I'd lay it all out there and you can pick and choose what might resonate best, if anything. I've broken down the items into three buckets, life, paperwork, and financial literacy. And many of these topics, particularly the life skills, were covered inside Preppel Academy's weekly video lessons, but some of them were addressed years ago, so I wanted to make sure that I refresh their memory. So let's start with some life skills. Number one, how to jumpstart a car. Number two, how to handle a car accident. In other words, what are the three documents that you need if you get into a car accident? What do you do if you get into a car accident? Who do you call? What do you say? What do you not say? Number three, how to change a flat tire. Number four, how to plunge a toilet. Number five, how to turn off the water to a toilet if it's threatening to overflow. Number six, how to turn off the gas into your house. Number seven, how to check the electrical panel for a blown circuit. Number eight, how to turn off a smoke alarm. Number nine, how to use a fire extinguisher. Number 10, how to sign up for the selective service, in this case, if you're a male. Number 11, how to register to vote. Number 12, how to pay an online toll. Number 13, how to set up a LastPass account. LastPass is one of those single sign-in password managers. Number 14, how to address and stamp an envelope. Yes, we did have to go over this. Number 15, 
how to decide between going to your primary care doctor or walking into an urgent care or calling 911. Number 16, how to use Uber and make sure they have an account set up. Number 17, how to recognize fraudulent emails, phone calls, phishing scams, and Instagram get-rich-quick schemes. Number 18, how to set up a dentist appointment. Number 19, how to find a new primary care physician. Because at 18, your child has, in most cases, outgrown their pediatrician. Number 20, how to designate my wife and me as patient spokespeople so that if they get into an accident or have some kind of a medical problem, that we can find out about their medical condition. If you don't do this and your child is in the hospital and unconscious, God forbid, the hospital is not allowed to give you information for privacy reasons. So depending on what college they go to, think about doing that. There's also a power of attorney that you can use to do that as well. Number 21, how to dial in your computer, your phone, and your printer. Number 22, how to back up your hard drive, important documents, and photos. Number 23, how to reconstruct your laptop if it gets lost, stolen, or broken. Number 24, how to sign up for Apple Care. Number 25, how to update your LinkedIn profile. Number 26, how to manage and track subscription services like Spotify, ESPN+, HBO Max. Number 27, how to tip at a restaurant. Number 28, how to manage peer pressure. Number 29, how to come up with a solid plan ahead of time to deal with alcohol, drugs, pornography, sex, plagiarism, social activism. Because trying to come up with a thoughtful plan in the moment, if you will, is very difficult. You need to go in with a plan ahead of time and stick to it. Number 30, how to say, no, not really into that, but thanks anyway. That's a very good refrain to practice over and over and over again. No, not really into it, but thanks anyway. Number 31, how to seek out help if you need it. This is talking about academic tutors, mentors. Maybe there's a resident assistant in your dorm room or the dean or your parents or friends. Number 32, how to deal with your roommates, good, bad, or indifferent. Number 33, how to communicate effectively with professors, teaching assistants, coaches, and other adults on campus. Number 34, how to make friends. Number 35, how and when to network and why. And number 36, how to figure out if you want to be in a study group or not. And if so, how do you go about finding a good one or building your own study group? And how do you contribute effectively to a study group? Okay, now let's move on to everybody's favorite, paperwork. This was all about making sure that my sons had all of the documentation and administrative know-how that they'll need going forward. I made sure that they had hard copies of each of these documents, which I printed out, put in a folder, and handed to them, as well as digital copies that we scanned and I then emailed to them as PDFs. They were then saved on their computer in a conspicuous place, you know, an, an important paperwork folder, if you will. And this paperwork included, number one, 
driver's license. In our case, a California driver's license. Number two, passport. And make sure you double check the expiration date on that passport in case your son or daughter decides they might want to do a semester abroad and all of a sudden they're caught with an expired passport. Number three, a medical insurance card. Number four, a vaccine card. Number five, immunization records. Number six, their social security card. Number seven, their birth certificate. Number eight, their known traveler ID card. Number nine, their military ID. Number 10, their military orders. Number 11, their baptism certificate. Number 12, their communion certificate. And number 13, their confirmation certificate. And another thing I asked them to do was to take photos of all the items in their wallet. Their driver's license, their vaccination card, their medical insurance card, their credit card, their ATM card, just in case. And lastly, we had several sessions that focused on what I call financial literacy or financial awareness. Now, some of these issues may not be that relevant for your child. It will depend on their circumstances and their interest in money, in finances, in saving. And certainly, you should add things to this list that are specifically relevant for your family situation. Because of the unique situation that my sons find themselves in compared to their peer group, they're actually thinking about things like savings and investing and future financial planning. And just for some context, in case you're new to the podcast, my sons, who, who are identical twins, they just left for college two days ago. They're both going to Yale. They're both on Navy ROTC scholarships. So for all intents and purposes, they are not paying anything for college for the next four years. In fact, they'll actually start getting paid by the Navy this month, month of August, to attend Yale. They get a stipend of $250 a month freshman year. That bumps up to $350 a month sophomore year, $450 a month junior year, and about $550 a month senior year. They also receive a four dollars to $500 per semester book allowance, which is also tax-free. So God bless them, they have a little bit of financial breathing room. And no, we're not talking about a lot of money, but it's enough money on a monthly basis to justify putting a system in place to begin the process and the habit of managing, tracking, and investing their own money. Why not get a head start? And the other reason this is important for them is because once they graduate from undergrad, they will immediately begin working as naval officers for five years, where they will earn $45,000, $55,000 a year, $65,000, $70,000 or so a year for those over the course of five years, uh, which, is, which is their commitment at a minimum. And while these are modest salaries, they also come with significant housing allowances, which allow them to keep most of that money. And when you're in the military and deployed overseas as a junior officer, there aren't that many opportunities to spend money. So your savings can really add up if you're paying attention. So this is the reason I got pretty granular with the financial lessons. Now, if your child, on the other hand, will be taking on debt, maybe even a lot of debt, to finance their education, then it's likely that some of these topics wouldn't be that relevant for them right now. There may be other topics that are more relevant, like 
debt repayment schedules, interest rates, loan forgiveness terms. So again, this is just an initial checklist just to get the juices flowing where you can pick and choose what you think will resonate most with your child given their situation. All right, so what did we cover? Number one, they opened up their own checking and savings accounts. For our family, we happen to use USAA for banking because they're very military friendly. Number two, they received and tested out their ATM cards, created a PIN, and made sure that they could withdraw cash from an ATM. Number three, they practiced how to deposit money, checks, for instance, into their checking account from their phones. Number four, they practiced how to transfer money from account to account, from savings to checking and back into their brokerage account. Number five, they signed up for credit cards, more so to build up their credit score than to buy things, because eventually you have to build a credit score to rent a car, to lease an apartment, so you want to get that going. Number six, we discussed how credit cards work, why paying the minimum balance is not a smart idea, and what to do if they lose their credit card. Number seven, we also discussed the pros and cons of debit cards, which they chose to avoid getting right now. Number eight, they set up Venmo accounts and made sure that they worked and added mom and dad as friends. Number nine, they opened brokerage accounts. We happen to use Charles Schwab. Number 10, they opened up Roth IRAs inside their Schwab brokerage accounts, which they contributed some money to. Number 11, they set up direct deposit with the Navy for their monthly stipends. Number 12, they set up an automatic investment plan that starting in September will every month automatically buy shares of a low-cost index fund. They chose to invest in an S&P index. I believe it was SWPPX. Number 13, they went online to USAA and Schwab and elected to go paperless with their monthly statements so that we would not continue to receive paper copies at our house. And instead, they would receive all of their statements online. And number 14, we discussed how to set up auto pays for certain expenses, which will be important for them down the road when they're deployed for weeks and months at a time. We then moved from the very practical and tactical elements of money management to the more educational and philosophical, if you will. For example, we reviewed the different asset classes, stocks versus bonds versus mutual funds, alternative investments, real estate, crypto, Bitcoin, money markets, REITs, ETFs, and cash that you stuff under your bed. We also discussed passive versus active investing the pros and the cons of trying to beat the market or time the market yourself. We talked about diversification and the dangers of putting a lot of money in one individual stock. We talked about the power of dollar cost averaging. We reviewed the power of compounding interest and looked at illustrations that showed how investing early and often can result in incredible gains over the long term. We discussed hedge funds, and private equity. We went over fees related to investments 
commissions, administrative management fees, taxes, what we mean by churn. We covered taxes related to investing, capital gains versus ordinary income. We discussed the benefits of Roth IRAs and how investing post-tax money now in exchange for tax-free withdrawals later is quite a good deal. We talked about income tax returns, when they would need to file them and why. We discussed real estate and leverage and how leverage has its pros and cons. We talked about the difference between 401ks and defined benefit plans, also known as pensions. We talked about inflation and stagflation and how the U.S. is teetering on the edge of both right now. We went over how to read, understand, and reconcile online banking statements. We talked about what a credit score was and how important it was to start off on the right foot, how paying your bills on time and not opening up too many credit cards will help increase your credit score, which will then make it easier to rent an apartment, to get a loan, to get a mortgage. And I warned them that they would be inundated with credit card offers in their mailboxes on day one at school. Our advice was to pass on all of them for now. We went over health insurance. What is health insurance? How does health insurance work? Whose insurance are they on and for how long? We covered the financial crisis of 2008. What happened and why? We discussed the existential threats to our financial system as we know it over the course of the next 10 years, whether it's the college debt bubble or stagflation or political overspending or cryptocurrency. We went over some of the biggest financial mistakes that people make as young adults. We went over how to use Excel, which, as many of you know, is a popular spreadsheet program that will come in very handy in a number of scenarios, both in the classroom and outside the classroom, academic leadership and otherwise. We did a few Excel exercises to make sure that they knew how to do some basic inputs and in formula writing. We built a simple model that showed the difference between simple and compound interest. We looked at a model of how a mortgage works, how and why the interest expense represents the majority of the principal and interest payments up front and how it switches toward the end. We created a net worth statement for each of them, which was pretty skimpy at the moment, but they got the idea. We also went down a few philosophical roads, which brought about some spirited conversations, such as how important it was or wasn't to keep up with the Joneses, how much money do adults make in different jobs, industries, and careers, and why it seems so hard to make over $200,000 as an employee? What are the pros and cons of three different life paths? Path number one, steady as she goes path. This is the person who locks into a stable job at an early age, maybe a government job or a teaching job where you don't make that much money along the way, but the retirement benefits and predictability are usually pretty good. That's compared to path number two, the go for broke path. This is the person who joins a startup in Silicon Valley or moves into a cubicle at Goldman Sachs or McKinsey and works their face off for 20 years, hoping to make partner, hoping to make it rich and retire by 40. Or path number three, the hedgehog. This is the person who, has, who doesn't want to commit to either extreme. So they hedge. 
and they try to manage a life where they try to get the best of paths one and two. We discussed the differences between the public sector and the private sector and different jobs in those sectors. We talked about the difference between wealth and prosperity. We discussed my philosophy of living a, quote, prosperous life and how that differs from living a life of wealth. We went over different retirement profiles and how much money you might need to retire comfortably. We talked about how our values typically change over time. As a young 20 or 30-year-old with no family, your priorities are different from if you're 45 years old and you're married and you have two and a half kids and a dog, and how to manage those shifting sands. We discussed the Stoic idea of being content with less, and how if you learn to be happy without a lot of stuff, your chances of living a happy and fulfilled life often go up, as opposed to being addicted to consumption and chasing after newer and newer and newer things, objects and toys. We discussed the idea of passive income and how a well-thought-out side hustle might be the best way to generate stealth wealth on your own terms instead of someone else's. We debated the pros and cons of a career in the military and the trade-offs related to predictability, purpose of your job, relocations, financial upside. We talked about the pros and cons related to delayed gratification. When are you delaying too much or not enough? How much do houses cost in different parts of the country? And how do families figure out how expensive a house they could or should buy? We talked about the runaway costs of a college education and how sustainable that might be. We discussed the prospect of graduate school, in their case, law school, and how they may choose to stay in the military for an extra three years in order to get their law school paid for by the Navy. And we talked about hedonic adaptation and how we're programmed to get bored with what we have, no matter how extravagant, no matter how much we thought that once we did X, we would be happy forever. Instead, we're often compelled to continue to want more and more and more, and how we can protect against this. Now, granted, this would be a lot of ground to cover in one sitting, which is why I spread this out over a few sessions. Each session lasted, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes, maybe longer in some cases, before I would cut it off. Because I didn't want this to be a death march. I wanted the boys to know that each session had a reasonable endpoint. And I wanted to keep their curiosity and engagement high, as high as possible. And the truth is, I don't know how much impact, if any, these sessions had or will have. As parents, we don't often know what sticks and what doesn't. But for my own peace of mind, and maybe this is selfish, I wanted to say my piece. I wanted to pass along hard-fought lessons that I've learned and let them do what they will with it. And clearly, they're entering an entirely new world. And far be it from me to think that I have all the answers. I certainly don't. But I do hope that, at a minimum, that they appreciated my intention. Because this may have been my one last shot with them before they're on their own for good. I learned a lot during these sessions about myself and about my two sons 
and I hope they did the same. And as much as I tried to be diligent in my efforts, I still harbor a lingering question that I don't know if I will ever get an answer to, which is, did I do enough? I guess time will tell. And I urge you to carve out some time with your child or your children and cover whatever topics you think will resonate most with them, given their specific situation. And if you have younger children, be glad that you have a little more time with them because it goes fast and try to encourage them to engage with their prep well videos as a lot of what I've discussed above is covered in the videos from freshman year to senior year. The more they learn from me along the way, it's my hope that the easier it will be for you when the time comes for them to leave the nest. That's all I've got for you today, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the continued support. If you know a parent with an 8th, ninth, 10th, or 11th grader, in this case a 12th grader, please share this episode with them. You can do that by finding that small box with the tiny arrow pointing up. That's the share button. Click that button. Text your friends a link to this episode with a little personal note from you recommending that they give it a listen. If you have questions, comments, or an idea for an upcoming episode, please reach out to me by email. DM me on Instagram. Check out our blog, Facebook page. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you. Until next week, goodbye, good luck, and never stop preparing. This podcast is brought to you by PrepWell Academy. PrepWell Academy is my one-of-a-kind online mentoring program that delivers to your ninth or 10th grader a short, highly relevant video from me every week, every Sunday, in fact, where I give them a heads up about what they should be thinking about to stay ahead of the game. To get these valuable lessons into your child's hands, please head over to prepwellacademy.com and enroll your child today.